Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. פעם אנשים עוד כתבו לך כאן שירים על מחברת זוכרת היפהפייה נרדמת עד מתי תהי מדממת ברחובות כולם אין חלון ואין סולם אין גם דלת או שלט אז שלך שירייה שם
Looks like your reasons have lost you. Looks like you need to move on. Looks like you're a little bit scared though. You think you're weak, but I know you're strong. Looks like you wish you were leaving. You've had inspiration before. And though that place is an empire, you don't belong, but you can't be sure. And I know what you mean. I think you should try. This could be the thing that you need in your life. Your home has been yours for thousands of years. And thousands just like you find a new path of living you've been gone So maybe it's time to come home There's a temple while Jerusalem holds The waits for your hand If you want a way to find reasons to come to stay here more than you need to make up your mind and I know what you mean you wish you could try but it's not a big leap it's part of your life no need to be scared you're thinking too much I can relate and I know what you're feeling you've been gone so maybe Try. You might think 
JM in the AM. Uh, yeah, Time to Come Home. That's actually a song that um, it's on the Second Impressions album. I believe that's Sam Glazer. Um, later today, we've been anxious since Shemini Atzeris. We've been anxious to speak with uh, Rabbi Josh Fass. He is the co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, and uh, with that song in mind, Time to Come Home, it'll be uh, very interesting to finally get to speak him. It does look like he's finally able to join us this morning here at JMNAM, second hour. Very much looking forward to it, to say the least. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, before that, the uh, selection from... Yehoram Gaon Achenu, a song that we've been playing a lot of. As I said to Sivan Rahav Meir on the air and to Yitzchak Meir through her, when he asked the question about which song is the song for now, I think they were shocked at my answer. But there's a reality. There's a reality that Jews of all backgrounds are feeling united. And if there's one artist that's around today that all Jews appreciate, it's Yehoram Gaon. Simple as that. That's why he was such an important part of our Jewish Unity Initiative years ago in Europe. Uh, so there he is with Achena. I said that that's the uh, that's one of the songs we're playing a lot of, uh, you know, playing very often during this uh, week. Benny Friedman's Am Yisrael Chai. Also, that that whole album, that whole collection has made quite an impression. The upbeat nature of Am Yisrael Chai and the songs that Benny released this week on that collection, of course, that uh, video and the. And the audio are uh, closely associated with Rabbi Shai Graucher and the incredible campaign that he is coordinating and running in Israel. We'll get him on the air, please, God. I don't know if it'll be today. Tom- well, it won't be today. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow or Friday, but, but likely tomorrow or Friday. At some point, we're going to get him on the air. Hanan Ben-Ari with a brand-new song called Moleded, a song that Rabbi Benji Kramer reminds me Hanan Ben-Ari wrote before this war, but... Rabbi Kramer also said that based on some of the references in this song, it had to have been changed once the war started, meaning some of the words had to be changed. Rabbi Benji Kramer, this coming Monday at 9 a.m. right here on NSN, is going to analyze this brand-new song by Hanan Ben-Ari called Moledet. 9 a.m. May Irmi Lim this coming Monday. I know it's unusual that on Wednesday I'm already promoting what's going to happen Monday, but this is, a, um, in my opinion, one of the... Uh, landmark concepts that Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory brought to our network um, when he created Mayor Me Lim and in general started talking about music that's in Israel that's so important for all of us to understand. And this is one of those songs that's really important for us to understand, the lyrics, etc. So that'll be happening Monday at 9 a.m. That was Hanan Ben-Ari, brand new with Moledet. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a... Wednesday, Harav Daron Peretz, who celebrated the wedding of his son last night, and uh, he and his family continue to wait for word on their other son, on one of their other children, who has been missing since Shmini Atzeris with his uh, tank crew. So imagine they made a wedding last night under those circumstances. Harav Daron is scheduled to join us in the third hour this morning. 
here at JM and the AM, and the pain that he and his family are going through, obviously, is being replicated all over Israel and all around the world, frankly, as we continue to learn just how small this world is and just how connected so many Jews in the diaspora are with members of the IDF, with people who live in Israel who have children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, friends serving, many of whom have given their lives among the 1,300 or whatever the exact number is that have been murdered by the enemy in this terrible attack. And uh, we'll have a chance to speak with him and hear what he has to say to us, which is, I'm sure, very difficult for him, but he also understands the um, the greater the, the greater mission of um, of uh, messaging to the world, to us, to everybody about the situation in Israel right now. JM in the AM Wednesday morning. Oh, by the way, um, by the oh, first of all, yesterday we had an opportunity to speak with um, with Tfila Booksbaum from uh, Yad Ezra Vashula Meet. That campaign goes on. If you want to support it. And we encourage people to do so. Again, an operation in Israel that has proven how effective they are in feeding the impoverished, especially the children in Israel. And now they are providing food, truckloads of food for communities that have supply chain issues because not every delivery can be made to certain areas. And of course, as she said yesterday, water and food to the soldiers when requested, and it's being requested quite often. Uh, Yad Ezra, yadezra.org slash food. Excuse me, yadezra.net slash food. That's yadezra, E-Z-R-A dot net slash food. When you go to that page, uh, you'll see um, all the different options in terms of donating. You'll, you'll see the description of everything that they're doing to help the families. And uh, there'll be vi- there are videos online there which will show you exactly what um, they've undertaken in order to help people in Israel during this time. In addition, I got a note overnight from a very prominent member of uh, the Jewish community's young leadership. That's how I would refer to him. Um, let's see here. Uh, I just want to make sure I have this information correct. There is a link. Oh, I see. I'm in the wrong. Hang on. I'm in the wrong. (laughs) You ever visit WhatsApp and you're simply in the wrong chat when you're trying to find the information you're looking for? Well, happens to me as well. Uh, Pro-Israel action. Uh, an emergency coalition to successfully advocate for Israel. There is a literally a, a group called Pro-Israel Action that has uh, undertaken the task of uh, trying to educate us how to defend Israel, how to advocate for Israel. And here's what it says. In the wake of the heart-wrenching events where 1,300 Jews were murdered by Hamas and 200 innocent civilians were kidnapped, we proactive organized we, we we proactively organized advocacy addressing this need a 
uh, we, we need proactive organized advocacy. Addressing this need, a newly formed emergency coalition named Pro-Israel Action is comprised of leading Jewish strategists who are volunteering their time to train advocates for Israel to counter the rise of extremist ideologies, especially from organized elements on the left. So Thursday, tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. on Zoom, tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon, 4 p.m. on Zoom, uh, there is going to be an emergency coalition on successfully advocating for Israel that will be led by David Greenfield, the CEO of Met Council, the Honorable Ruben Diaz Jr., former Bronx Borough President, Sarah Foreman, Executive Director of NYSN, Jessica Haller, board member for the JCRC, and Maury Litwack, managing director at the OU. The organizational affiliations here are listed for biographical purposes only. It is sponsored by Pro-Israel Action, NYSN, and NYFABF. Register online at the following address, ProIsraelAction.com. Again, if you want to be in on a Zoom meeting on how to defeat anti-Israel activists, this is happening tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Register right now, ProIsraelAction.com, ProIsraelAction.com. And I wonder, I know obviously I don't advocate for, you know, cancellation of classes in high school, but I wonder if it's a good idea for, for some of the yeshiva high schools that are trying to educate their students about pro-Israel advocacy. I wonder if it's a good idea that they all join this Zoom meeting tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Maybe a good idea. Consider that. ProIsraelAction.com. ProIsraelAction.com. All right. More coming up. It is a um, Wednesday morning edition of JM and the AM. Full day here, of course, at the Nahum Siegel Network, including including um, uh, Yassi Zweig and the, um, and the live lunch, the Wednesday Z Report live lunch coming up uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern time. He will certainly have more appropriate music for um, for these times. That's for sure. And uh, meanwhile, we'll continue on a um, on a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Uh, Betzal Eleven and L Eleven together with this selection entitled "All Worlds" at JM in the AM.
Amen. 
JM in the AM. Uh, Mehera, that's quite a song from uh, your Achmiel Begun in the Miami Boys Choir. <laughs> that is quite a song. A lot of people celebrating Smachot during this time. It is unreal to see the scenes out of Israel where weddings are taking place, maybe not on the same level they were originally planned in terms of size and, and scope, but... Uh, we're going to be speaking in hour number three this morning, please God, with her of Daron Peretz, whose family is going through a very, very difficult time. His son, Daniel, is uh, still missing from Shmini Atzeres, he and his tank crew. And um, last night, they celebrated the wedding of one of their other children, literally. Last night, they celebrated the wedding of um, Yonatan Peretz and um, the new couple has been married today and the family is still waiting for word about Daniel and his comrades in that tank crew. We'll speak to our of their own Peretz in hour number three this morning right here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that selection from Miami, you heard Eitan Katz, and of course Hatov, Betzal 11 and L11 with All Worlds. And we are speaking to you live from our New Jersey studio here at JM in the AM on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Rabbi Josh Fass, the leader, the co-founder, the uh, one of the greatest, most important Jews of the 21st century, in my opinion. I've said that many, many times. He is co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. He'll join us at 7.45 a.m. Eastern time this morning right here at jm and I'm sure he has some profound things to share with us, no doubt. And um, he'll be with us coming up right here at jm and AM. I mentioned Yad Ezra. Uh, that is the most recent cause that we featured here on JM and the AM. If you missed the conversation yesterday, it's pretty simple. Uh, Yad Ezra, which has a proven track record when it comes to providing food uh, and necessities for impoverished children throughout Israel. It's what they've been doing all these years, all these decades. They now have an emergency campaign as they continue to deliver food and water to soldiers uh, at different bases and fronts. And as they continue to deliver food to communities that have supply chain issues, because obviously not every area of Israel is accessible at this time. So their dedicated staff has trucks going all over the place to places like uh, Nativoto, Fakim, Ashtod, and many others. And um, if you want to help out, it's Yad Ezra, E-Z-R-A, yadezra.net slash food, yadezra.net slash food. Also, I mentioned earlier, and we're going to talk about this uh, a bunch of times today, I hope, so I want to remind everybody about it. We have been discussing the importance of Israel advocacy, and frankly, a lot of people feel lost. They don't know what to do and how it works in 2023 uh, in terms of using social media and all the other modern inventions to fight on behalf of Israel, a very important front, by the way, in this battle. So tomorrow, uh, a distinguished panel, including David Greenfield, um, Borough President Ruben Diaz, he's former Borough President, of course, uh, of the Bronx, Sarah Foreman, Jessica Haller, Maury Litwack, all of these strategists are going to be part of a Zoom session entitled How to Defeat Anti-Israel Activists, an emergency coalition to successfully advocate to Israel. Uh, register for it. It's 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. 
register for it. And as I said earlier, I don't know if it's a bad idea. You know, we cancel classes for a lot of reasons in high school, (laughs) for a lot of events. I don't know if it's a bad idea to have our high schoolers log on to this event tomorrow. Uh, It might be an amazing opportunity as we continue to try to educate our young people, especially those who know how to navigate social media, how to advocate for Israel. So consider that. If you're a principal, a teacher, consider that. Um, Anyway, anybody who uh, wants to be part of this, register now. Uh, It takes about a second to register. ProIsraelAction.com. ProIsraelAction.com. Again, it's ProIsraelAction.com. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
with Leif Tahar. La Colesman Here's how the Jerusalem Post describes the president's visit to Israel. U.S. President Joe Biden lauded Israeli bravery against the Hamas assault as he assured them that the United States backed them but cautioned that they must stand by their values as they battle the enemy. Biden, a uh, joint statement in Tel Aviv with Prime Minister Netanyahu, said, I want to say to the people of Israel, their courage, commitment, bravery is stunning. This is... um, at the same time that the report came out that now the death toll in Israel is at 1,400 people, 1,400 people murdered by the enemy, 4,500 wounded. That's 4,500 people, 4,500 people wounded. And, of course, the number that we continue to remind everybody about, Israeli captives... Uh, families, we should say, families of Israeli captives in Gaza, um, 199 of them have been contacted. Now, obviously, if they've contacted 199 families in regard to Israeli captives in Gaza, obviously the number of captives is uh, more than that uh, because we know that there are situations where multiple people from families were kidnapped. So we're talking about Numbers that continue to just uh, be unfathomable in every one of those categories, those who've been killed, those who've been wounded, and those who are being held by the enemy. Meanwhile, the, um, the President of the United States is in Israel. He's expected to meet with Prime Minister Netanyahu first one-on-one and then with the War Cabinet, according to the Jerusalem Post. And the joint statements, as we said, those have already been made. And the um, the actual meeting, the initial meeting of the President of the United States on the tarmac with the Prime Minister and with the President of Israel, though that has already taken place. In fact, President Biden gave Prime Minister Netanyahu a big hug. Pretty amazing what he's saying. He also alluded to the fact that the that there's that there's credibility to the report that. Um, that in fact the Islamic Jihad and not the Israeli Defense Forces are responsible for the bombing of that hospital that killed hundreds in Gaza. And obviously, you know, we know where our sympathies lie and what we believe regarding the IDF. It's amazing, I believe, to have heard the President of the United States acknowledge that report. I thought he would stay completely indifferent or at least appear that way uh, in regard to what happened overnight. Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jam in the AM. ביקור ביידן בישראל. לאחר יותר משעה הסתיימה פגישתם של ראש הממשלה נתניהו ונשיא ארצות הברית. 
בהמשך ישתתף ביידן בדיוני קבינט המלחמה. מדווח כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין. בשעה זו משתתף נשיא ארצות הברית ג'ו ביידן בדיון קבינט המלחמה המצומצם. מטרתו של נשיא ארצות הברית היא לקבל תמונה של אסטרטגיית המלחמה של ישראל מול עזה ומטרותיה. ביידן יבקש גם לדעת כיצד ישראל תימנע מפגיעה באזרחים בעזה. לאחר הדיון של קבינט המלחמה ייפגש ביידן עם נשיא המדינה הרצוג, ולאחר מכן עם משפחות החטופים וניצולים מהטבח בעוטף עזה. מן הדברים שאמר ראש הממשלה נתניהו בפתח הפגישה. זאת תהיה מלחמה מסוג אחר, כי חמאס הוא סוג אחר של אויב. ישראל רוצה להקטין את מספר הנפגעים. חמאס רוצה להגדיל את מספר הנפגעים כמה שניתן. חמאס רוצה להרוג כמה יותר ישראלים שניתן, ולא אכפת לו בשום צורה גם מחיי הפלסטינים. לאחר ההוכחות שהציג הבוקר דובר צה"ל, בבריטניה מגבים את ישראל. נשיא רוסיה פוטין הביע צער ולא הטיל אחריות על אף אחד מהצדדים. מדווח כתבנו המדיני, אניר קוזין. שר החוץ של בריטניה, שהאשימו את ישראל בתקיפת בית החולים בעזה וכתב, רבים מדי קפצו אמש למסקנות באשר לאירוע הטרגי בבית החולים. טעות כזו עלולה לסכן חיים רבים אף יותר. במקביל, נשיא רוסיה פוטין התייחס בקצרה לפיצוץ, ואמר שמדובר באסון נורא ואות לכך שיש לשים קץ לסכסוך, אך לא הטיל את האשמה על אחד הצדדים. ראש ממשלת איטליה ג'ורג'יה מלוני הבהירה הבוקר שיש להמתין לבירור סופי של הפרטים, אך שר ההגנה של איטליה, קרוסטו, קרא לקהילה הבינלאומית להגן על אזרחים חפים מפשע ולהעניש את חמאס בעקבות התיעודים. זו הייתה כמובן כתבתנו שחר קנוטובסקי. שר החוץ אלי כהן תקף אצל אמיר איבגי ואמיר בר שלום בגלי צה"ל את מזכ"ל האו"ם גוטרס שקיבל את טענות חמאס ואמר את ראש התנצלות ממנו ומכל מי שתמך בנרטיב השקרי הזה. גם ממזכ"ל האו"ם וגם מכל מי שמיהר לקחת את אותו נרטיב שקרי. תראו איזה אסון הם הביאו על עזה. אנחנו כאן נלחמים עבור מדינת ישראל, אבל לא רק עבור מדינת ישראל, אלא עבור כל העולם החופשי. המחויבות הזאת היא לחסל את הטרור, שהטרור הזה לא יגיע גם לניו יורק, גם לפריז, גם לברלין. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מוסיף שצה"ל פרסם כי 13% משיגורי הרקטות אתמול לכיוון ישראל כשלו. זה היה השיעור הגבוה ביותר מתחילת המלחמה. אחרי שבית הדפוס בבארי נפתח ביום שני, הבוקר נפתח מחדש מפעל DigiPack להדפסת אריזות גמישות באזור התעשייה של שדרות. כתבנו שחר גליק שוחח שם עם מנכ"ל המפעל יפתח שטרן, שפונה מביתו בקיבוץ מפלסים ושב הבוקר לאזור. החלטנו לפתוח את המפעל, הגענו לפה לחוצים, עברנו חתיכת אירוע שייקחנו המון המון זמן להכיל אותו. אבל אם יש את היום שאחרי, אנחנו צריכים לחשוב עליו מהיום. תעזרו לנו, אחרת אנחנו לא נחזיק על הרגליים. מזג האוויר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
J.M. and the A.M. Hakshiva, that's from the brand new Reconnect album done by our friends at Shalshelis here at J.M. and the A.M. Came out a couple of weeks ago. Came out actually uh, right around Yom Kippur Sukkah's time, a time that seems very distant from us right now, to say the least. Uh, Mati Steinmetz before that with Laman. It's also brand new. Esau Anai, Miami boys here at JMM opening up the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, 20 minutes after the hour, we are um, broadcasting live today on a JM in the AM Wednesday. And uh, today, a historic day, uh, certainly I think so, with the President of the United States in Israel at this moment, literally at this moment, those of you who've seen the video and have watched 
the joint statements from the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Israel. Pretty amazing. The words of support from the President of the United States, the acknowledgement by the President of um, Israel's version of what happened with that uh, terrible tragedy in Gaza yesterday with hundreds killed in the hospital. Um, I didn't think he would uh, publicly take that take uh, on the matter, frankly. Um, and the support, the support that the United States, through its president, is uh, guaranteeing Israel at this time. We're living in historic times, and today is uh, certainly a day to acknowledge that as um, those who support evil continue to um, make their position well-known in major cities around the world, including here in this area. And that's something we should keep in mind and certainly stay aware of. JM and the AM on this uh, Wednesday reminder. Yesterday we spoke about Yad Ezra. They uh, have a proven track record in uh, supporting and getting food items uh, to impoverished children in Israel on a regular basis. They're in the middle of their emergency campaign as they continue to send truckloads to different areas of Israel that have supply chain issues because of the war. Plus, as they uh, described to us yesterday, They've been asked to spearhead the effort to get water and snacks. They they, they were they they they're limiting it to that. That's what they're acknowledging that that was what they were asked to do: take care of water and snacks for the soldiers in different areas, different fronts and bases in Israel. If you want to support the effort, Yad Ezra E Z R A dot net slash food. Uh, Yad Ezra E Z R A dot net slash food. Also, go to uh, proisraelaction.com. Proisraelaction.com has set up a Zoom meeting for tomorrow with a distinguished panel of strategists. It's 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. A panel of how to defeat anti-Israel activists. Uh, Those of you who are uh, good at social media, those of you who have been um, frustrated that you don't know exactly what to do, here's an opportunity. Register right now for tomorrow's Zoom, 4 p.m. Eastern time, how to defeat anti-Israel activists. Uh, go to proisraelaction.com. Takes about 10 seconds to register. Proisraelaction.com, proisraelaction.com. And again, a message to principals and teachers out there. I don't know if it's a bad idea. I, I you know, I don't I'm not in favor of canceling high school classes, but in this case, because we've canceled high school classes for, you know, much less reasons um, or more mundane reasons. It may be a good idea to have your students, especially the older ones in the high schools who have the ability to really navigate social media and are also, you know, in a position where we need to educate them on how to be an activist online, maybe a good idea for them to register for the Zoom and to spend the hour tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, learning this from the strategists. Uh, Just a recommendation. Uh, Anyway, please register at uh, proisraelaction.com. Again, that's pro israelaction.com more coming up it's jm in the am Ay, <laughs> 
J.M. in the A.M. Yitzi Ackerman with that Shuvu a lie here at J.M. in the A.M. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebner Vesavalevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basher Vesavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read, Nach besadrachenu, let us examine our ways, v'nach koira, and let us search out the best way that we should go in, v'nach shuvu, on Hashem, and return to Hashem. The Talmud tells us that there were two worlds created by Hashem, one with the letter He, one with the letter Yud. 
This world was created with the letter He, Olam Haba, the next world, with the letter Yud. Why specifically was our world created with the Oz He, the letter He? The He is open on the bottom. It alludes to the fact that the whole world is open and every person can choose their own way. One who wants to go to good can do so. Chas Shalom, one who does not want to go in the good way, can also do so. However, there is also in this world the Derech HaTshuva. The leg of the hay is toloi. It's hanging. It does not go up to the top, but instead it's suspended. It alludes to the fact that one who wants to go back can do so. Why is it that a person who has sinned cannot go back in the same way that he left, to go up from the bottom of the hay, but he has to forge a different opening. The Talmud tells us, the Gemara says, why not let him enter through the same way that he left? The Talmud answers, it would be ineffective, since one requires assistance from Shemayim in order to repent. The Ramak explains that Sadiqim are able to allow themselves to go through the big opening. They are not choshesh, they're not afraid that they're going to fall and return to their sins. But the one who's not a tzaddik, they have already corrupted their path. Because of that, they can't simply return the same way. Rather, they should choose a new path. They should examine their deeds. Because of that, Hashem opens up the roof near the top of the hay, a special opening so that everybody can return in Shuva Shalema, complete repentance. It means to say that the closeness that a person who has done Shuva has with Hashem is even closer than the tzaddikim who have never sinned. At this time, when our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and our prayers are all directed towards Eretz Yisrael, we pray for the safety of the entire country, of all the chayalim, of all the soldiers, of all the hostages. May they be quickly returned to their homes safe and sound. We realize it will be a schus if we will do tshuva, if we will try to do a little bit of repentance and become just a little bit higher in our avodos Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. May we hear Bisuros Tovos Yeshuos Venechamos. Before she lay my before sun never
Yosef Yaakov with Rifo Enu. I think um, when I saw the latest figure that was just released, over 4,500 wounded, in addition to the 1,400 killed, in addition to the over 200 being held by the enemy in Gaza, 4,500 of our brothers and sisters wounded in Israel in the attacks of uh, Shemini Atzeris. Let's have a greater concentration when we say the bracha of Rifa'inu and when we say the mishaberachs for those who are ill and those who need a speedy recovery. There's always been too many of, of those people in, our, in, in that category. There have always been too many people in that category in our community. But now the, uh, the numbers are staggering. JM and the AM, it is a... Um, a Wednesday morning broadcast. So we we continue to feature different uh, different um, causes to support. Don't forget, yesterday Andy Goldsmith was with us and described what's being done specifically for children who are going through trauma, literally after their traumatic experience of uh, 
of 12 days ago and uh, Amit in its network of schools with all the other responsibilities they have, including educating thousands of kids with all those other responsibilities. They're at the forefront of trying to help those kids directly with therapy and, um, and they need our support. Amitchildren.org, Amitchildren.org um, is the place where you can donate and support their current campaign which is doing well. It should continue to do so. Also yesterday, we featured our friends from Yad Ezra. Uh, don't forget yadezra.net, yadezra, E-Z-R-A, dot net slash food, yadezra.net slash food. Also, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom, pro-Israel action, along with New Yorkers for a Better Future, along with New York Solidarity Network, are presenting an emergency meeting on how to defeat anti-Israel activists. It's an emergency coalition to successfully advocate for Israel. It's on Zoom at 4 p.m. tomorrow. David Greenfield, former Bronx Borough President Diaz, Sarah Foreman of uh, NYSN, New York Solidarity Network, Jessica Haller of JCRC, Maury Litwack of the OU, they're all going to be part of it. Now, A lot of people have been frustrated because we don't know what to do via email, via social media. Nobody knows exactly what to do. Uh, Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to just find out what to do from experts who know and to ask questions, I'm sure, or to follow up with them if there are any questions. Uh, Go and register online for the event. Takes about 10 seconds to do so. ProIsraelAction.com. ProIsraelAction.com. And as I mentioned earlier, and I don't think it's a crazy recommendation, We've canceled classes for many other mundane reasons in high schools around this country. Uh, you know, and not a criticism. There are other, you know, there's special events and, and you know, school, school-wide projects, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We know what it's like in high school. It may not be a bad idea uh, to designate certain classes in our high schools to participate in this Zoom tomorrow. It may not be a bad idea to have them take out their laptops in class at 4 p.m., and join this Zoom meeting because if there's anything we need to do with our high school students in our community is teach them how to advocate for Israel. And they know how to email and they know how to go onto social media and be effective and very speedy at it. They know how to do all that. All they need is the tools in terms of supporting Israel. So my, that's one of my recommendations. You may want to do it um, and allow your students to participate. Hopefully they'll gain from the experience. Um, but anyway, in any case, anybody who wants to participate tomorrow, go to proisraelaction.com. Takes about 10 seconds to register for the event. Proisraelaction.com. Proisraelaction.com. And, um, and let's hope, let's hope that all of this training that is being given to members of our community manifests itself in people getting very involved and becoming very effective through social media uh, and beyond in every way possible. JM and the AM Wednesday, coming up, just a couple of minutes from now, Rabbi Josh Fass from Israel, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. We've been very anxious to speak with him for the last 12 days. We'll finally get our chance this morning. That'll be coming up here at JM and the AM. And coming up later on in the 8 o'clock hour, Harav Daron Peretz, who's... um, who celebrated last night the wedding of his son, 
as his he and his family are waiting for word about another son who has been missing since Shemini Atzeris. Harav Daron, who's a very good friend of this broadcast and the JM and the AM family as the leader of World Mizrahi, he will join us, scheduled to join us, coming up about 8.25 this morning right here at JM and the AM.
JM in the AM with Alat Sadiqim done by Eitan Gedalia here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast here at the Nachum Siegel Network. We, we, we have been very anxious since, uh, since the start of all this, since Shmini Atzeris, to speak with our dear friend Rabbi Josh Vass, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, and somebody who has uh, a unique perspective on things always. Uh, and we have an additional bonus in addition to Rabbi Fass, this morning he is joined in Israel, uh, as he has been since Shemini Atzeres, since Matzayantav, I should say, uh, by the great Tony Gelbart, his, meaning Rabbi Fass's co-founder. They are co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh, as many of you in this audience certainly know. So Rabbi Fass is with us. Tony Gelbart, who I mentioned uh, off the air a moment ago, I mentioned to him that uh, the, those who dropped everything to leave after Simchas Torah and get to Israel... Uh, will be remembered for that act and will inspire uh, a people uh, for, in my opinion, for generations to come. I have proof of that from what happened in the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago, but that's not for now. Rabbi Yoshua Josh Fass, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. And Tony, I take this opportunity to welcome you as well. Kolakavod to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Thank you. Rabbi Fass, uh, we're going to do this in a little bit of a different order, if you don't mind, uh, because as much as we need to speak to you about the last 12 days and the shock that uh, everybody living in Israel uh, were thrust into on Shemini Atzeres, I think it's important to start with the news of the day, especially um, from the seat that you sit in, uh, being so connected to the uh, government of Israel and working alongside so many people in the effort uh, to um, facilitate Aliyah from North America. With all that in mind, and of course you're a Native American, meaning, you're, you, meaning you are originally from the United States, with all that in mind, um, what are your thoughts today as you saw, and I assume most people in this audience saw, uh, President Biden arrive in Tel Aviv, hug the prime minister, make very positive statements about the support that the United States is ready to give to Israel, acknowledge Israel's account of what happened yesterday in Gaza regarding the hospital. I thought he would avoid the topic completely. I thought it was remarkable that he acknowledged it. And frankly, those of us who are skeptical that this visit may not be at the right time and might be a mistake in general, I think those of us who felt that way are coming around somewhat on this issue. What's your reaction to what's happening today in Israel diplomatically? I think there have been constant mixed emotions. I think for the last 11 days, and we can talk about this a little later, um, we're constantly struggling, at least I know I am personally, with, with constant mixed emotions. And I think today as well, it's, it's an unprecedented embrace. It's an unprecedented expression of solidarity, which is remarkable, which I think every Israeli needs that hug, because every Israeli is walking around as if, and is, as if they're in Shiva and mourning. Like a constant, sustained, prolonged Yom Hazikaron. Um, so it is amazing to to feel that embrace. Uh, there's an undercurrent of fear of of what's next. Uh, on the other hand, there's this uh, there's this there's this perspective of that this is a much bigger situation. That it's a geopolitical situation. It's a, it's a broader broader macro picture of what's happening in the Middle East. And that's sobering. So again, you are constantly 
mixing emotions of that support and the embrace, but that expression of solidarity of having the carriers in the water, of having um, Syria on one side, Iran backing Syria, what's happening in Gaza. It, it's sobering to know that this is not uh, a, a one-time act, but it's a representation of a, a full geopolitical shift. And, uh, and for me personally, it, it, it's a lot to digest. But it's remarkable to see first time an American president coming to Israel in time of war and to express certain statements that are very much needed, and especially that he, that, uh, he, he raised the concept of the, of the hospital, because yeah. that could have been fire to all anti-Israel sentiment. But I'm sure Tony has some, some words on that. Tony, what's your reaction to all this? Yeah. Look, I, I think you can clearly say, and his visit here demonstrated a few things. One... In today's age, and certainly uh, we all understand how technology works, he could have simply done a Zoom or, or, or a, you know, Microsoft uh, video uh, shot or something, you know, a live feed, and he could have done the same thing. I mean, he could have any message that he, that he, that he wanted to give. But it's not just the, the president giving the message, it's the, United, uh, the entire United States and the people in the United States. So but here's, here's the bottom line. Um, I think his visit was done to be here in person to show not only just the unity, but it's a war not against just Hamas, but it's a war uh, good versus evil. And that's the bottom line. We saw just pure evil, and the world was shocked. And I even think some of our enemies were shocked. Hmm. And meaning enemies of the United States and enemies of, of, of Israel, because right. yeah. that's a brutality that's very rarely seen, if ever. So I have to just say that I think that the message, um, he could have he could have easily done it uh, electronically. and But I think it was just amazing because you had Secretary of State Blinken here, yeah, and, previous, and you had uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Austin here. So that was a message all in itself. But here comes the president in time of war, as Rabbi Fatt said, um, and the message was clear. I've got your back. We have your back. And um, that's a pretty strong message. Tony Gelbart, Rabbi Josh Fass with us from Israel, co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. There's so much to talk about of the last uh, 12 days. Um, Josh, I have to start with the soldiers. Uh, you... Your family, obviously every family in Israel, I would argue the majority of families in the diaspora have in some way been been somewhat directly affected by all this, obviously in Israel much more so, but we all know somebody, we're all related to somebody, uh, everyone, is, uh, everyone feels the pain, as you said, a brilliant uh, way of putting it, the extended Yom Azikaron, everyone feels the pain of those families who've lost relatives, the families of the wounded, and certainly the families of the abducted with whom we continue to sympathize, and we won't let anybody forget uh, the uh, over 200 hostages that are being held in Gaza. But l let's start with the soldiers. 
soldiers. You have a unique relationship with lone soldiers. We have we have uh, uh, discussed this at length for years and years as we've been on those flights with lone soldiers who drop everything in order to continue their lives in Israel and join the army immediately. Uh, obviously, some of them have fallen in this. Obviously, you're in touch with many of them, and, and certainly there's a, a level of loneliness because their family is not in Israel uh, that they encounter all the time, but now it must be much, uh, much uh, more profound. What could you tell us about the experience of the soldiers and uh, and those who are going through this since the start of the war? Um, it's a lot to 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 share. Um, at, at any one time, you know that we're we're the outsourced arm for the for the IDF for caring for lone soldiers from around the world. So at any one time, we have around 4,000 lone soldiers from over 60 countries. Um, and since they called up the reserves, we have around 10,000 lone soldiers from our program that are in active combat today. Wow. Uh, and since the war started, we have six of our lone soldiers who are in captivity, who have been captured. We have five that are hospitalized in bad shape. And we've had 11 Rahmana that have been killed. Uh, the, the care for the families and for the Chayalim is extremely intense, for the soldiers, extremely intense and emotionally heart-wrenching. And we actually created teams here at Nefesh, a team that goes to the shiva houses, a team that goes to the funerals, a team that visits the hospitals, and a team that deals with the families that their children have been captive. It is um, it, it, it's heart-wrenching on our side as a service provider. It's heart-wrenching being in touch with hundreds and hundreds of families and parents who are sick to their stomach with worry. So we're giving them support 24-7, a hotline. We're giving them a direct line to the IDF. We've been holding multilingual Zooms with IDF commanders to share with them some news, so that at least they feel connected. Um, two for the English community. We did one last night for Russian parents. We had 350 Russian parents on a Zoom with, um, that uh, we organized and coordinated. We're about to launch uh, in next week. You'll see it. We're going to launch free flights for, for parents who need to come here to visit their child or to be here, um, especially for those who have been injured. So uh, there's a lot. And there's, hold on, and there's inspiration. I mean, we see, we see these young men and, and women who are so galvanized, so spirited, so heroic, so charged, so unified to, to fight for their country more than ever. So you have, again, duality of emotion. On one side, you are heartbroken of what's happening and what you need to do and this new mode and shift of servicing. And then you're just so inspired by the will and the determination and the strength and the Zionism and fervor of these soldiers. I, I just want to make a couple of points which are obvious, but I want people to understand the perspective so you've welcomed people from foreign countries who've come to Israel literally to bury their children. I mean, you you have been at, at these funerals with lone soldiers' families who I would assume 
had come to Israel, and this was, you know, their first experience in Israel was to bury their children. We had um, had one family, French family, that their son came to Israel a couple of years ago, and through experience became religious, and and became a lone soldier, and and was killed. And our team went to the Shiva couple of times and the mother, his mother was like, I get it now. The embrace of this country and the love, we understand his passion. We understand his connectivity. Um, there've been heart wrenching stories. Yeah. Uh, we've been involved. Tony, Tony's been involved. We've been involved in things that you would have never imagined that Nefesh staff will be involved in. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult. So, so when the lone soldiers, when they make the decision to go to Israel, and again, you've you've had this experience a million times. I've seen it somewhat um, when when I speak to them as they're traveling to Israel. They have this incredible enthusiasm to defend the land. They have this amazing mission in mind. Even if they grew up in L.A., New York, Chicago, or or Tulsa, they have this amazing mission in mind that they're going to protect Jews all around the world by being a member of the Israel Defense Forces. That attitude, that enthusiasm to defend the Jewish people, which we thought maybe they'd be second-guessing themselves because now they're in the throes of a serious war. Maybe they'd be saying to themselves, my gosh, what did I get myself into? You're saying to me and to us just the opposite, that enthusiasm to defend and protect the Jewish people is just as high as when they originally were on this mission. And in addition to that, they are at a state of morale and a state of uh, inspiration that they are actually inspiring those around them. It's not just lone soldiers. It's the entire nation. Tony just showed me a picture, and I'll have him share. They woke a lion, and they unified a country. Look, what, you know, let's go back just a, a couple of seconds. I was thinking about what you said before, uh, nothing, but you see, in my opinion, Hamas made two major mistakes. Major mistakes. One of them, well, they started this action and did this horrific uh, event, okay? Horrific. Uh, it, it, they started the, the, uh, this war. They started this uh, in the most brutal way. So by doing that, just by starting it and doing what they did, they sealed their own fate. They thought they were going to grow. They're dead, okay? They're finished. They're not going to exist anymore. The second thing they did would unfortunately, unfortunately, and a big unfortunately, they did something so horrific that you saw before all this happened, before this war started, before all this happened, you all know that the Jewish nation was in turmoil. And every time people tried to bring it together, it, it was going further apart. The left, the right, you know, pro, anti, the market, whatever it is, it was split. And what these uh, Hamas did was absolutely 100% unify the country. Um, there's a picture floating around the Internet uh, of a bunch of uh, soldiers, Israeli soldiers, their fa faces blacked out, 
And basically, each one of them are holding a word or so. And basically, the word is, we are, and it's very careful what they say, and I don't know if I'll get it correct, 100% correct, but we are the soldiers of the Jewish nation from the right and from the left. <laughs> and we are not removing our uniforms until the destruction of Hamas. Are both of you, I mean, Josh, obviously you've been in Israel, uh, you live there, and, and Tony, as we said, you've been there since the end of Yom Tov. Are both of you aware of this unity in the diaspora as well? In Israel, as it's been described to us, and as both of you just told us, it's it's off the charts. Are you aware that diaspora jury has come together like never before? Oh, a- absolutely. 100%. We, we see it, we feel it, 100%. It, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. Nafam, your, your audience, you and your audience, um, I can assure you, have been so immensely involved in sending packages and helping in any way, shape, or form. I can't tell you how many doctors have volunteered, how many people want to come over, how many people are here, how many people are doing this thing. So. Yeah, we're aware of it, and all of Israel is aware of it. Also, there's a major battle on the frontier, as you know, when it comes to social media, when it comes to a news organizations, when it comes to fighting the good fight in those types of forums, and uh, a lot of people are getting involved, thank God. Josh Fast, Tony Gelbart, both with us live via telephone from Israel. All right, Rabbi Fast, we have to get to you know what, what, what you are most known for. Uh, I, I'm so curious, as are people listening right now, uh, many people have planned on making Aliyah in 2023, uh, obviously uh, beyond that as well. Uh, have Aliyah flights continued? Uh, what have you heard? Uh, what would be a good example or a good story to tell us about those from North America who now, as crazy as it might sound, have made a commitment to immediately get to Israel on a permanent basis? What could you tell us about this? Two anecdotes. Tomorrow morning at 6.15 in the morning, I'm driving to the Green Airport. And at the airport, we're going to greet 24 North American elite. <laughs> we're arriving Unbelievable. amongst a whole park. Um, That's number one. <laughs> number two, last night, we had a phone call from someone who was on a, a flight two days uh, next week on Sunday and said, do you, need, do you need me to get off the plane? And we want to figure out if he was looking for an excuse to, you know, to push off his flight or to defer, which is completely understandable and justifiable. And he was uh, like, no, I want to still make Aliyah. It's, it's, a, it's been my dream. And even more so, I've been so fervently connected and I want to be in my homeland. He said, I would just give up my seat if you had a reservist soldier who needed to get to Israel. And I'm willing to push off my Aliyah and to, to live on my suitcases the next few days if it means that you need to give my seat to a soldier. Yeah, the stories from the planes, the stories from the airports, all these accounts are just remarkable. Um, And as you just reiterated, or at least uh, confirmed for us, yes, there are people even this week, including tomorrow morning when you'll greet them at Ben Gurion Airport, who have decided to continue their uh, Aliyah uh, mission, their journey. And uh, for many of them, they'll be arriving in Israel literally in the middle of a war. It's the whole thing is uh, pretty remarkable, frankly. Um, Tony, uh, I mentioned earlier uh, that you dropped everything, went to Israel 
Um, again, uh, uh, recalling for me, you know, those who've dropped everything and gone to Israel during very difficult times, I, I would imagine that uh, it, it, it must have given a boost to everybody you've seen there. I'm sure it's given a boost to yourself as well. We know how that works. Um, w- what made you drop everything, go immediately and and do what you did? Um. It, uh, I, honestly, um, you know, I didn't give it a second thought. Um, I was walking to shul on, on Shabbat in the morning early and someone came up to me and said, did you hear what happened? Of course they said I didn't hear anything. And, uh, I immediately turned around and started literally running to my house and somebody who saw me said, is everything okay? And I just kept running to my house. Um, and I did what I needed to do, and I got here as fast as I could. Um, and it's true that, you know, when, when your friends and family are in need, whether you can help a little or you can help a lot, just showing up sometimes um, makes the difference. Well, I could tell you based on <laughs> based on a text that I received that are by fast and those that you work with, in Jerusalem were, were, were touched to say the least. Uh, Rabbi Fast, can you confirm that, that it meant a lot when Tony showed up? Chuck, Chuck, we've been, we've been in the office the day after Yontif or day and a half after Yontif every single day. And very few people have been able to come in. Either some are scared to travel with the rockets or their spouses are in, in the army. We have so many of our own staff that are actually in active combat. And so I worry about them every single every single minute. Um, so we've had very few people in the office. A lot of people working remotely. And every day, as more and more people come and they see Tony, Tony just here, and he actually been living in my office. We set up a second desk in my office, like uh, roommates here. Um, uh, people start to cry. People just break down crying everyone's on the verge of crying anyway. You just have to open your mouth to another Israeli. No matter how macho and bravado you know, we have, uh, every Israeli starts to tear. Uh, we've, we've all cried more than we could possibly imagine the last week. And uh, to, have, to have an Abba or to have our brother here with us is, is, uh, is really remarkable. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything left from Tony. But it's been extremely moving that we're not doing this alone. We've been some of the conversations that we, you can just hear, and some of the services and some of the the situations that we're dealing with are so so challenging. And just to have Tony in the room, just to be able to bounce off the ideas and also to give us comfort when we're dealing with such horrors has been really uh, really comforting for us. Unbelievable. JM in the AM with uh, Rabbi Fast and Tony Gelbart, co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. Rabbi Fast, there are a lot of people who want to know if they can make a practical difference, and they turn to you, uh, even if it may not be your area generally, they turn to you for uh, advice 
uh, there. I mean, again, kudos to the Hatsala members, EMTs, etc., that have figured out how to get there, and they've coordinated with the network of EMTs around the world that are affiliated with our communities, and uh, we know that they are doing quite a job over there. Uh, but there are medical personnel. There are doctors uh, from this area who wonder if they could be of help in Israel, Rabbi Fast. There may even be others. I don't know. Are there other areas of um, expertise that's needed now in Israel uh, that might benefit from a group that comes from the United States? It's very possible. Uh, but what would you say uh, to those doctors who feel they could add uh, to um, uh, the assistance of other uh, doctors in Israel at this time and free up you know other hands while they take on certain responsibilities and other people who feel that they have a skill that could be helpful in israel right now i'm so so glad you you raised the issue there are there is or may be a need for reinforcements from the medical professional world Uh, we are an agent of the ministry of health and Tony and I have been sometimes the only civilians in, in war room situations, war room meetings over the last week. Uh, we have been tasked, along with the Ministry of Health, to assemble a list of physicians, of volunteer physicians from around the world that are willing to jump on a plane and a motor. No, it's noted. We have around 650 physicians from America. The Ministry of Health in total, including our 650, 5,000 physicians, surgeons, physicians from around the world who are willing to get on a plane at a moment's notice to help Israel now. What they're doing, and the last thing to do is to coordinate a group and getting on a plane and coming here because you're not going to get licensed and you're not going to be placed. The system is very, very straightforward, and they need to have an order, an organized fashion to this, or else it'll be chaos. And it won't be a help to the situation, but actually be detrimental to the situation. The Ministry of Health has a huge list, this database. When a hospital, clinic, army base, whatever needs services, the Ministry of Health is going to look through this database for the right doctor. The doctor then, that name, will be sent over to the Ministry of Immigration and Absorption, and they, with us in the Jewish Agency, will coordinate the logistics of that person's flight, hospitality, licensing, and their match to the hospital and clinic. Um, it has to be done this way because otherwise they'll just be not placed, twiddling their thumb, not licensed to work here in Israel. So it's a very, 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 very straightforward process to this. Um, it is working already. Already 11 physicians have been handpicked and selected by the Ministry of Health that we have and are helping here that have landed over the last couple of days and there are more to come. Um, and it's based very, very specific um, based on the specific needs of what the country needs. So it sounds like if, if one has that skill and they just contact Nefesh Benefesh, this is what it sounds like to me, they'll be led in the right direction to do what you just described. A hundred percent. Literally every day I send out uh, a link multiple times of just starting the process of registering to be on the list. Let it register on the list, start the licensing documentation so you have it, so that the Ministry of Health knows how you're licensed, what your degree is, what your proficiency of Hebrew is, so that they can make the match if necessary. You, you go to the Nefesh uh, website and uh, you put in your uh, information there. 
or they can reach to you, Knuckleman, and you can send them to me through my WhatsApp, and I can communicate with a doctor on a personal basis. Yeah, anybody out there, if you want to just uh, you know send uh, start a conversation with me via text, via email, etc., we'll obviously send you in the right direction. And God bless those who could, the thousands who are willing to go to Israel at this point. Uh, finally, Josh, um, I don't know if it's. Um, I don't know if it's worthwhile to recount everything from that day, from Shmini Atzeris morning, but you're in a community, plenty of Anglos, plenty of Israelis, plenty of children, plenty of grandchildren, plenty of parents, plenty of grandparents, etc. What is it like now in your community? Um, is it a lonelier feeling in synagogue because so many reservists have been called up? Uh, are the women in our community, or specifically yours, because you see this firsthand? Are they going through an incredible challenge because their husbands are away and the fathers are not around? What could you tell us about the average community in Israel and what each of them is going through at this time? In many, in many places, it's ghost towns. All of our sons are not there. Uh, we were, there, there were three homes out of 20 homes on our block, myself included, because I have a lot of daughters, where the entire Shabbat, cars up and down, jumping in cars in their Shabbos clothes, running to their bases. It was a mass exodus of, of doctors, of soldiers, of our youth, and, and we, haven't, we haven't seen them. Many places, and we're, we're sitting in Yushalayim right now, there's, there's no, there's no cars, no traffic. It's empty. Um, and everyone is coming together to support one another and, and, and care for one another. But it's, uh, the nerves and the fear and the concern is palpable. And we're all dealing with our own trauma and process trauma. I, I uh, for the first time that I saw my grandkids a few days ago, I uh, I broke down crying. I couldn't I couldn't look at them without crying, knowing how many children how many children have been taken from us. Uh, barely can eat because there are so many images that we've seen that Tony and I've been exposed to the last few days that uh, that make you literally sick to your stomach. And uh, and at night. Quite honestly, I think it's hard for all of us to sleep here, to sleep. Either we're fearful or we're concerned or we're worried and sick, or we just feel survivors. Or we, why should we be able to get into pajamas and put our head on a soft pillow when there are 500,000 soldiers sleeping on the dirt someplace? throughout the country, ready to protect us and defend us. So that's what we're all feeling in a sense. Yeah. But I think on the, on the flip side to that, there's also a, a immense um, sense of determination and support uh, for each other here, civilians and military. Yeah. Everyone is really supporting each other in a very strong way. So... There's pride in, in the nation. There's pride in the army. There's uh, determination to finish the job and, and and go forward. I've never been prouder. I've never been prouder of this country. I've never been prouder to be a Jew. To wow. see just 
It is gorgeous and stunning. The unity, the love, the concern, the mitzvot, it's just unbelievable. There is no other nation in the globe that responds this way, that acts this way, as if it's everyone's brother, everyone's child. Can't thank you both enough. Netzach Yisrael lo yishaker. I'm Yisrael Chai, and I look forward to reuniting with both of you in the holy city of Jerusalem. God bless both of you, and stay safe, and best regards to your families. Thank you so much, Nachum. Be well. Rabbi Josh Fast, Tony Gelbart from Israel, co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. Boy, if we are inspired by the morale of the Israeli army, how can you not be inspired by the words of those two gentlemen? as they describe what's going on, the type of work they're involved with now on a daily basis, in addition to what they normally do uh, for the uh, future of the Jewish people, and uh, the way to describe what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through. By the way, on a technical note, again, any doctor, skilled worker, or physician who feels they could be of help in this time, just be in touch with us, my email, or, or text. Obviously, anybody at Nefesh Benefesh, as Tony pointed out, on the website, you can make contact and start the process really easily, nbn.org.il, and kolakavod to everybody who's uh, running to get to Israel and participate in all of this as soon as possible. More coming up here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM and the AM, Harav Doron Peretz, who made a wedding last night, while at the same time, anxiously, as you can imagine, awaiting word on the fate of his son, who is missing with his tank crew since Shmini Atzeret. He is scheduled to join us in the next couple of minutes right here at JM in the AM. Also, I remind everybody, we are fighting a battle on many fronts, including the front of Israel advocacy. Please remember that there is an emergency pro-Israel action uh, um, um, session that is happening tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom with a distinguished panel to tell us how to defeat anti-Israel activists in social media and in 2023 in general. Go to proisraelaction.com and register for the Zoom event. It's tomorrow at 4 p.m. And we recommended to high schools in the area, you may want to consider uh, having your students um not be on the, in their 4 p.m. class and instead be on this Zoom, especially the older students in high school. Tomorrow, 4 p.m., go to proisraelaction.com. It takes five seconds to register. Proisraelaction.com. More coming up. It's Wednesday. It's JM in the AM. Anachnu mo, mo chayenu mo, ma chasdeinu, ma koicheinu, ma ma ma. Mo anachnu mo, mo chayenu mo, ma chasdeinu, ma koicheinu, ma ma ma. 
JM in the AM with Naftali Kemper. Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. As many of you are aware at this point, our dear friend Harav Daron Peretz, who is the leader of World Mizrahi and has become an incredible friend of ours over the years, uh, his family is going through um, a very difficult situation. Baruch Hashem, last night they had the opportunity uh, to celebrate a bit. Um, last night, Yonatan Peretz, and again, Mazal Tov to Shelly and Harav Daron Peretz. Last night, Yonatan Peretz, an IDF commander injured in the early hours of the war, got married. Uh, the date was chosen months ago, and despite his injuries and limitations, uh, the wedding went ahead and they celebrated last night Baruch Hashem. As many of you know, in addition to Yonatan's injuries, um, Shelly and Rav Daron's son, Daniel, an officer in the Armored Brigade, who also joined the fighting in the early hours on Shemini Atzeret. Uh, tragically, Daniel has not been heard from since then. No confirmation about uh, his fate at this point. Harav Daron Peretz, leader of World Mizrahi, and, uh, of course, um, the uh, the father of... Um, of uh, Yonatan and uh, Daniel is with us live via telephone. Harav Daron, Mazal Tov on last night's incredible occasion, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, uh, Nachum. It's always a pleasure and privilege to be on JM in the AM. Uh, and thank you for the very good wishes. It was uh, We had an amazing simcha to speak about, and I just want to say it's always uh it's always great to be with you. You're a real chaver personally, and of course, uh, the JNAM show, which I've been in many times. So I'm very happy to uh, share the simcha and, of course, uh, just sharing the other challenging things that our family is going through. And, of course, uh, so many families and indeed Klali uh, at the moment. Yeah. No question about that. And uh, I wish we could have celebrated with you last night. And I've certainly had this desire uh, since after the Chag to get there and to spend some time with you during this time. Have uh, have you and your family heard anything additional over the last few days about Daniel? Oh, we haven't. That's actually part of why we um, we decided to go ahead with the wedding. I mean, firstly, the decision was Yonatan uh, uh, and uh, Galia, uh, now a daughter-in-law, as of last night. Uh, because, uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, uh, our son, Yonatan, uh, who's a... Uh, uh, he's, a, he's a commander in the a company commander in the paratroopers. He was at us for Shabbat, Shmini Atzeret, Simchatoras, all on the same day here. And he, uh, once he realized that uh, his uh, commanding officer sent a message on the group, once you know, the, the missiles were coming over in Yad Benimunish, we, we were used to them. You know, we didn't think anything, I mean, it's not nice having missiles come over, but and these things happen once in a while. Uh, none of us knew what was going on, of course. And uh, when my son Yonatan got a message from his uh, commanding officer, and it's on Shabbat, you know, he doesn't answer his phone on Shabbat unless it's always on. And he never answers unless there's an emergency situation. And he realized if the battalion commander is sending them something, this is not uh, simple. He went on and they started seeing the pictures of what was going on. They realized that something was unusual was happening. They didn't know. He quickly went off from the house. He went out quickly. Took uh, he didn't even have his weapon with him because his his uh, M16 was in the in the base because he was out for you know Shminiyatirat and Hakafot Shniot and he didn't want to you know have to worry about his his weapon the whole time and 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 he's also at a base of new recruits so he wasn't um, 
he wasn't uh, expecting any, uh, you know, he said it's the first time he ever come out without his gun and, you know, and there's no problem doing that, especially if you're Shabbat. But anyway, he went with his two handguns, arrived in Steros, and indeed, the next six hours, he was one of the first guys there. The only people at, uh, in the South at that time who'd come in, especially the special forces, such as Sayyid Matkal and others, and officers whose uh, senior officers had said something's going on, we don't know what's come down. He himself was in six hours of gun battles um, and uh, killed a number of terrorists. The, the jeep in front of him got hit by an RPG and uh, the deputy commander of Maglan, a special unit, and two other officers, one who was a friend of his from uh, his officer's course, were killed. The guy next to him in the gun battles, uh, were, uh, you know, they had RPGs shot at them from the sides of the road. It was an absolute balagan. They were in the middle of, uh, you know, in these southern communities, going from sort of community to community outside on the main roads. And the guy next to him was shot in the stomach. And then he actually took his weapon because uh, he uh, he didn't actually have a proper gun. He just had a, a pistol. He took his weapon and, and vest and he took a helmet from somebody else. And after all these ongoing battles, they eventually went into the base called Nahal Oz, which I just want to say in parenthesis, that's where our son Daniel was for Shabbat. Daniel was there for Shabbat on duty with his tank. He's a tank commander in that specific uh, base. So, uh, in fact, when Yonatan went into the base, he noticed that as they attacked in the base, uh, that his tank wasn't there, which was a good sign. That means they were out in the tank and they were involved in action. And the tank's quite a, a strong, uh, you know, a strong vehicle, obviously. So, in the gun battles over there, he was uh, he was wounded after about an hour and a half in the uh, base. Nachalor's fighting with terrorists that had been totally overrun by terrorists. They managed to sort of... Uh, Kill all the terrorists and and uh, and save 25 uh, um, young sort of chayalot uh, and and others in the process who were like hiding in different places. He actually knew the base because he was the only one of the group who went in. Remember, it's, it's not an organic group of soldiers. They picked up five special unit guys called Yamam, which is like uh, the SWAT team, five right. of them, and him and they picked up an army general along the way who was in the Miluema guy in his late 60s, um, and a couple of other officers and. They went into the base, and he was quite familiar with it because uh, he had been there previously. They had gun battles, and in one of the gun battles, after having killed a number of terrorists, they uh, he was injured. He was shot in the leg. The guy next to him shot in the back, and the guy on the other side shot in the uh, in the stomach. Thank God they're all okay. Some of them were really badly injured. So we are absolutely blessed. I just want to say, Nachum, number one, just absolutely blessed that that, that Yonatan. The fact that we could do the wedding last night is an unbelievable miracle. Uh, Yonatan, he, he could have been killed 10 times over. He could have been badly injured 10 times over. Uh, he, went to t- he went to a top surgeon in, uh, in Israel uh, who does uh, orthopedic uh, recuperation, and he said he's absolutely amazed. He said for a bullet to go in and out the leg and not obviously uh, you know, not to hit the main artery, which you can, you can die from, you can bleed to death, the uh, bone and the um, and the uh, main sort of nerves is an unbelievable miracle. So number one is the fact that Jonathan is relatively lightly wounded and making a recovery and in the situation is an, an, an unbelievable miracle of miracle of miracles for us as a family. Regarding Daniel, it's obviously a lot more complicated. Uh, Daniel and his team, uh, we didn't know for days what was going on with them. Uh, already from after Shabbat, when we tried to make contact with him, uh, n- none of the members of the family could contact any of theirs, their, you know, the members of the tank. Eventually, a number of days later, we were told that you know they had been in the tank that had a couple of tank battles, and it seems like it seems like the tank was hit by an, an RPG missile. 
which by the way, it's not supposed to, it's a, a tank which can, uh, it's supposed to be able to uh, defer any of the, yeah, it's, it's supposed to tank, yeah, the tanks can do that, but uh, but I suppose we also thought uh, the, the defense line of Gaza was impregnable as well. So um, it was hit and unfortunately one of the members of the tank was found in the tank uh, and he was uh, a number of days ago, he was buried yesterday. Um, we were going to go, but it was our wedding, so we didn't go. Uh, but we did go see the family two days before. And unfortunately, Danielle and the other two members are still missing action. We have an unbelievable person from the army. Each family gets somebody from the army to accompany you and to speak. This guy's been here every single day. He was just here now. No news at the moment. Uh, you know, you know, uh, presumed taken captive, but they have no indication. Just explain how it works. Explain how it works. He said, why is he, why is he considered missing in action and not anything else? Because of all the soldiers that were killed and all the bodies they have, he's thankfully not amongst them. All those who have been injured, he's not amongst them. Right. And of all those soldiers where there's evidence that they've been taken to Gaza, either through, I mean, I mean, Hamas is not giving any information, but either through uh, an eyewitness or through uh, video footage or Otherwise, the army has that can ascertain that a person has been taken captive. With Daniel and his two tank crew, they uh, they have no evidence other than the fact that they're not in the tank. So that is our situation as of half an hour ago when the uh, when his uh, this guy who uh, accompanies our family uh, spoke to us. How old is Daniel? Daniel is twenty two years old. Harav Daron Peretz is with us live via telephone. Now that the United States is even further involved, uh, now that we know that there are American captives in Gaza, uh, now that the President of the United States has visited Israel today and shown an unprecedented level of support for Israel during wartime in person, do you think that news from Gaza that you and so many families are waiting for will become accelerated that maybe the I don't know what the spokesman said to you today in this regard, but is it possible that over the next day or two now, there's hope for uh, for more information coming out? Look, I think the fact that there's so many look, I'm obviously not uh, involved on that level in the Israeli sort of uh, you know political discussions on that level, um, because there are many tens of American citizens. I can't remember the exact number. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's fourteen. Something. I can't remember exactly the number. So. The fact that there are so many um, captives which are uh, have you know foreigners or got dual citizenship, there will be a lot of international pressure. There's no doubt that the fact that um, one of the members of, of Daniel's tank is a is an American citizen as well, and they've been on the news. You, you may have heard that, uh, that President Biden incredibly had a 90-minute meeting with all of his families, I think 14 or 15, unbelievable. And I think uh, uh, President Biden has uh, has conducted himself as a as a true friend of Israel, a Zionist, and a deep feeling for the Jewish people in the state of Israel. We, of course, hope and pray that that incredible support will maintain itself throughout the uh, the land invasion, because obviously Israel hasn't uh, hasn't really, you know, this as you know is the biggest call up in Israel's history, yeah. and the protest movement immediately, immediately. Is on all the protest movement WhatsApp, so straight away said, "Okay, the protest is over for now. Everybody go out." And um, everyone, everyone's you know, 150 percent call up people, as you know, flying from all over the world. So we know that Israel is united. We know that there's going to be a uh, probably a protracted uh, battle here, and uh, you know, we certainly uh, 
if America remains steadfast behind Israel and allows Israel to do what it needs to do to defend itself, it'll be uh, it'll be um, it'll be very very helpful. Rav Daron, I think it's important to note that uh, that you, as you mentioned earlier, are are one family out of so many in Israel that are in this uh, this state of confusion, state of the unknown, etc. I don't want to, God forbid, add to your pain, but I think it's important that that we realize that there are so many families in Israel going through identical or similar circumstances that you and your family are going through. And, and some much worse. I mean, we, thank God, had wedding. You know, our son could, uh, as I said, uh, thank God a million times over. And even though he was injured, he made a recovery. And even though our son's missing in action, uh, at the moment, we decided to go ahead in the Hatan and Kala. And obviously, it was a bit of sweet, but it was very, very sweet and a, an affirmation of life. And we moved forward. And thank God we were able to do a wedding as hard as it was under the circumstances. I have another friend of mine, Gabar Shmuel Slotki, who I work with, he's, uh, he's, he's the director of another organization called the Irgundaktaknes uh, in Israel. And uh, two of his sons were killed. They had a, a double funeral last, um, last um, Friday, I think it was, was the funeral, Thursday or Friday. His, uh, his, um, his, his, his wife is the, um, she's the daughter of a famous, uh, sort of well, very well-known rabbi in the academy world in Israel, Rabbi Eisman is his name. So this is Rabbi Eisman's two grandchildren. It's his two sons. Uh, that's one family. There's um, that I know person I'm friendly with. Uh, there's uh, and then many others which have uh, uh, there's families in the in Gaza in, in the on the on the border which were wiped out. Parents and three children. And as we know, there's 13, 14, 1500 uh, dead, uh, majority uh, civilians um, and uh, many soldiers. Just by the way, I must point out uh, there are so many top officers which were killed because in that first day of war, besides the soldiers which were killed on the bases, besides those soldiers, which were just the, you know, the, which were the, were the soldiers positioned there for the, for the, for, for Shabbat and Chag. But of all the people who came in, in the first hours, it was special forces and officers like my son who came in and fought with all officers because the soldiers didn't know what was going on. My, my son told me that, um, I mean, as I said, in, in the jeep in front of him, there was the deputy battalion commander of Maglan and two other officers, special unit, and two other officers killed. And uh, you look at the list of, of the, you know, there was also the head of the um, division of Nachal, uh, Jonathan Steinberg, uh, you know, a guy who's been uh, 25 years in the army, and um, just high-ranking officer. Uh, but my son said to me that uh, uh, when he was in the army as a company commander, uh, it's called a mem his mem pay, his uh, his um, the command of his uh, company. Sorry, when he was a when he was a platoon commander, his, one of the company commanders in his uh, in his battalion, he said was the best soldier he had ever seen. I called Ariel Ben Moshe. He said the best soldier he had ever seen. This guy was so good he wanted to leave the army as a company commander. They offered to move him from a regular paratrooper um, um, unit to Sayyid Matkal. So the guy went literally from being a regular paratrooper unit as an officer, he went to get company commander in Sayyid Matkal. He was killed in the first day of the war. And so many of these guys, you just see the list of these tens and tens and tens of these just unbelievable officers. Uh, you know, so you know, there are thousands of families which are mourning. There are hundreds and hundreds of families which have uh, at least two to 250 
missing, uh, sorry, uh, two, over 200 um, taken captive, right. many, many, many tens, tens missing. So this is, uh, this is something, uh, as has been said, as has been said, the most, uh, the most difficult day in Jewish history, in modern Jewish history since the Shoah, certainly since the State of Israel, and it's, uh, it's a real challenge. Um, you're always in touch with members of the diaspora in so many communities, certainly more than any of us. Um, I would assume you're aware that the high morale and the incredible unified effort that we are seeing in Israel is being duplicated by Jewish communities around the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I was interviewed this morning on uh, Reshet Net, which is one of the top radio shows in Israel, uh, in Hebrew. Uh, also, by the way, uh, you know, uh, we pushed off all interviews and any media involvement until after when we just wanted to focus on coming to terms with what we're going through and making a decision on the wedding, which is to, uh, by the way, the wedding, we changed the, we changed the venue and we did a very small and last minute to, to redo the whole thing. And and live stream hundreds of people who were, you know, we couldn't just because of the small situation in Israel only have a, a limited uh, wedding. Right. So we, that's what we were dealing with until today. But so it's the first interview. This is my first English interview I'm doing now. And the first uh, Hebrew one was this morning. And there I said the following thing that I believe in very, very strongly in that <clears throat> the last nine months for all of us, both in Israel and diaspora, certainly in my lifetime, has been the most challenging um internal, um, you know, uh, care within the Jewish people and the disunity and the demonization. And uh, a few of us could have foreseen how, you know, and it's without getting into, you know, for the judicial reform or the protest movement, but this whole reality, and we sought to come to head over Yom Kippur, where there should not have been scenes like that in a Jewish state, and this ongoing collision course. And as you know, many communities in the diaspora split as well, and people in Israel calling on diaspora Jews to protest wherever they go, and every time a member of parliament comes, and the vitriol and the the lack of ability to listen to each other, and the the the, the lack of dialogue, and the absolute uh, you know cancelling and demonising, delegitimising was it was showing no sign of abating. And um, I personally had always felt that I, something extraordinary needed to happen to bring the Jewish people together. You know, you know, God forbid, uh, you know, I thought maybe uh, God forbid a hundred times a member of parliament is killed or, or, or uh, this or that or something drastic has, has, you know, would God forbid happen for something to, no, none of us could have foreseen, none of us could have foreseen this, uh, this uh, horrific, horrific uh, occurrence. As we said, the worst uh, days in, uh, you know, the most, you know, I, did, I wrote an article for our Hamizrahi magazine for the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur edition and I analyzed the, I read a number of books about uh, Yom Kippur War 50 years ago, and they are read that in the first three days of the war, first three days of the war, uh, 1,300 people died. Like There were just only 2,700 who died in the three weeks of the Yom Kippur War. Right. 1,300 were killed in, in the first three days, and almost all of them um, soldiers, almost right. without fail. Right. And here, here we had 1,300 pretty much in one day, with the vast, vast majority being civilians and, and butchered, as we know, in the most horrific, horrific way. And uh, but unfortunately, through this this terrible tragedy, the one ray of light is the un the Jewish people are unified in a way that we have not been for a long, 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 long time. 
we are, um, once we are together as a people, there are very few things that can stand in the way of the Jewish people, and there's genuine unity. Chazal points this out time and time again. It's pointed out there's so many Midrashim that point about how Achav Ahab was a Russia, a very evil king, but how come so few of his soldiers uh, died in battle? Yet Saul, who was a righteous king, King Saul, many of his soldiers were killed. And they say because in Shaul's time there was absolute disunity with him and David and chasing David and Lashon Hara and the death of the Kwanim in Nov, whereas in Achab's time there was a camaraderie of arms, the Jewish people, they didn't speak Lashon Hara about each other. In his kingdom there was uh, there was a real love one for the other. So and that's one of myriads of sources. So just for me, the fact that the Jewish people uh, is standing together is so comforting. We've become one people again. We've put every type of difference aside. And the, you know, and 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 we we back together on all levels, and we just hope and pray that as our soldiers going to battle, and it's uh, going to be hundreds of thousands, that Hashem, uh, of course, has absolute mercy and kindness on every single one of them and their families, and the, the schut of unity where we stand together, can only bring amazing things to Jewish people, and we just hope and pray that this incredible outpouring of emotion of solid. I mean, I can say obviously on a personal level. Our family, the love and support of our family, our extended family, our friends, our communities, thousands, tens of thousands of people davening for Daniel and coming together. And so to all the families together coming together, it's just in our small circle. So please God, with all people from around the world coming together and just feeling for each other and contributing and supporting. And of course, as the, the war moves on, you know, it's, it, that's going to be tested more and more. And if we can stay together as a people, you know, me kam Israel, goy echad baaretz. When we are a goy echad baaretz, nothing, very little can stand in our way. And we hope and pray that that's how it remains and Hashem uh, shines tremendous uh, love and mercy on us. Harav Daron, many people want to add Daniel to their prayers. Uh, tell us the name we should use while praying for him. We would greatly appreciate it, our family, enormously. Uh, Daniel Shimon. Ben Sharon, Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon, and if they, if people could have for him, amongst all the other um, missing and uh, captives of Israel, the Tochshar Neederei Ushfuya Israel, we would enormously appreciate Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon. Harav uh, Daron, Eretz Israel, Nicknate B. Surin. We are praying that the pain and agony your family is going through is going to change at a moment's notice into joy and a reunion with Daniel Bezrat Hashem. Mazal tov to you and Shelly and the entire family on last night's Simcha Baruch Hashem. And we should only celebrate wonderful occasions together. We are praying for you. We are thinking of you. We value your friendship. And we are hoping and praying that Daniel and, and uh, your family are reunited as soon as possible. Amen. Can I share one last thought? Certainly, of course. I just, uh, you know, because I've got the wedding on, on our minds sure. and everything, I just wanted to say that, uh, just very briefly, we know that um, we know that the seventh Sheva Bracha that we say, the beautiful one, Oji Shama Ba'arei Yehuda V'chotzot Yerushalayim, it will be heard in the uh, the cities of Judah and the uh, courtyards of Jerusalem called Sasson V'chol Simcha Kol Chatano Kol Kala. It's not so well known that that is actually from a, a pasuk, a, a verse in Yirmiyahu, and I just want to read the verse because it's unbelievable. Sure. And the verse is from Lamed Gimel, chapter 33, verse 10, where Yirmiyahu, the prophet of the Churban, the one who prophesied the destruction of the first temple, said, Ko Amar Hashem, 
Hashem said, Od yishama b'makom hazeh. It will again be heard in this place. Asher atem omrim charevu, that you say Jerusalem has been destroyed and Eretz Yisrael has been destroyed. Me'ein adam, there are no people. Me'ein behema, there's no living life, not of people or animals, ba'arei Yehuda, u'v'chutzot Yerushalayim ha'neshamot, and the desolate cities of Jerusalem, courtyard of Jerusalem and the cities. Me'ein adam, me'ein yoshev, me'ein behema, Emphasizing again, there's no people, there's no no one settling there. There's not even there's no life. Kol Sasson, the Kol Simcha, Kol Chatan, the Kol Kala, Omrim. All of these people, the voices of Sasson and Simcha and Chatan Kala, saying, Omrim, Chodu et Hashem Tzvakot, Ki Tov Hashem, Ki Olam Chasto, Meviim Toda Beit Hashem, singing together, rejoicing together, and saying, Ki Ashivet Shutech, I'll return the exiles, Kebarishona, like it was Amar Hashem, and we hope and pray that through. The building, there have been many, many different weddings. Our sons was one wedding of other soldiers and others getting married and army bases. And as we know, the Jewish people love life. We affirm life. In the Shah, people got married. In Mitzrayim, we know the story of Bat Levi and, and Amram and bringing life into the world. We stand on the shoulders of Gedolim uh, throughout the generations with our Morasha. Our legacy is one of life. And uh, the Jewish people have always chosen life. And we hope and pray that through the merit of all these smachot and Continuing that we should hear only calls us on the calls Simcha and the return, the safety of our souls and the return of all those who need to be returned. Amen. We encourage our listeners to continue to give to the uh, Mizrahi Tsevet Peretz emergency campaign. It's been established um, in the name of the tank crew led by Daniel Peretz, uh, who, of course, uh, we are praying for his uh, quick, healthy return. Um, again, Harav Daron to you and Shelly Mazal Tov. Uh, we are with you even from thousands of miles away, and we should share Besurot Tovot very, very soon. Amen. I just want to say thank you on the Tevet Perez. I want you to know that I didn't know that Daniel's tank crew was specifically referred to as Tevet Perez. I didn't know that when the four families of the crew got together on a group um, to discuss, you know, they were all missing. Uh, they called it the group Mishpachot Tevet Peretz, the families of Tevet Peretz. I asked them, I asked them why they did that. I said, that's very nice. And they said, what you don't know, Daniel, Daniel's crew is called in army jargon Tevet Peretz. That's how they call it. In fact, so when they talk to the army, they talk about Daniel's tank as Tevet Peretz. So it was very heartwarming. And uh, it's, not a, it's not a name we made up. And if we hope and pray that in the sort of all the soldiers in Tevet Peretz and all of the ones around the world that we look uh, around Israel to be looking for, we should only have Sarot Tavot. Thank you very, it's, very much. It's remarkable, Harav Daron. It's remarkable how a 22-year-old could be a true Jewish hero, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and indeed, there are uh, 19, 20, 21, 25, and all the, just, uh, the, the heroic stories, Nachum, which are coming out of civilians and soldiers and is unbelievable. I mean, story after story after. I've heard so many. This unbelievable uh, heroism from uh, unbelievable, and I suppose that's also a Jewish, uh, a Jewish trait as well, a human and Jewish trait. And there's just a shame they should. Uh, all these people who become heroes who are alive, he's got a love and well, should be able to celebrate together with you and with everybody in your shalim. Amen. Mazal tov again, Rav Daron and Surotolot. Be well. Amen. There he is. Thank you. Rav Daron Peretz, who of course leads World Mizrahi. And uh, last night, he and Shelley and the entire family had the opportunity to, well, not the entire family, of course, because they're so anxious to get Daniel back home, but um, they were able to celebrate Baruch Hashem as uh, Yonatan Peretz was a chatan, got married last night, 
And now we pray for Daniel's quick return in good health, Bezrat Hashem. And again, as we said, what the Peretz family is going through is being replicated way too many times all through our beloved state of Israel. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. פעם אנשים עוד כתבו לך כאן שירים על מחברת זוכרת היפהפייה נרדמת עד מתי תהי מדממת J.M. in the A.M. Hanan Ben-Ari. Brand new song called Moledet. This coming Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here at the Nahum Siegel Network, where Benji Kramer is going to analyze the lyrics of that brand new song which is rightfully making quite a mark out there, making quite an impression on a lot of people. Um, if you do not receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, be in touch with Avrami, af at nachomsegel.com. Again, that's af at nachomsegel.com. Lots of important information in that daily thread every single day by the way to give to the Rav Rimon ceramic vest and equipment campaign which is named for the Tsevet Peretz the tank crew led by Daniel Peretz the son of uh, Shelly and Rav Daron uh, pretty simple just go to um, Mizrahi.org Mizrahi.org slash Tsevet Perez uh, Mizrahi.org slash T-Z-E V-E-T, Perez, P-E-R-E-Z. 
Again, that's Mizrahi.org slash Tzevet Perez, T-Z-E-V-E-T-P-E-R-E-Z. Yesterday, we had a couple of causes we were highlighting. If you want to support the Amit campaign to help children in Israel in their school system and in Sderot and other communities, go to AmitChildren.org, AmitChildren.org. We also had the campaign yesterday for the um, for the work of... Uh, <sighs> of uh, Yad Ezra as they distribute food throughout Israel and uh, and make sure to deliver water and snacks to soldiers all over uh, in bases and on the fronts. Yadezra.net slash food. Yadezra, E-Z-R-A dot net slash food. Also, if you haven't yet done so, register for tomorrow. It takes five seconds to register. Register for tomorrow's Zoom being put together by Pro-Israel Action tomorrow at 4 p.m., top strategists are going to discuss how to defeat anti-Israel activists. Um, Simple as that. All the information you need and the five seconds you need to register is at the website ProIsraelAction.com ProIsraelAction.com Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web and on the Nahum Segal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, today was quite a day. Um, Rabbi Josh Fast and Tony Gelbart from Israel, Nefesh Benefesh, Harav Daron Peretz, World Mizrahi, but in this case, more of a uh, father of uh, the Peretz family whose situation is being duplicated way too many times around the state of Israel at the moment. We continue to pray for the hostages. We thank President Biden for everything he's said and done, including this visit to Israel and his statements there on the ground. Let's hope that that trip continues to go well. And um, we remind everybody, gather in rallies and demonstrations, gather in prayer gatherings, gather in Tehillim gatherings, and certainly continue to fight on social media on behalf of Israel. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.